they the audience kind of like takes it in because you know you can't control that you you go out of your way to make what you're making and then if it's appreciated by people in some way shape or form then that's a success Welcome to the Final Food Bowl, a platform dedicated to discussion and expression of art and the creative process. This is the third and final part of my conversation with Sacred Monolith. If you haven't heard the previous two parts, please go back to the last two episodes. Sacred Monolith is an artist and illustrator from the UK who creates esoteric images that evoke a sense of mystery and intrigue. I really enjoyed this interesting conversation and I really, really hope you enjoy it too. Yeah, because it's a process. It's it's a, a life. As I was talking to the last interview I did, it's like a it's a lifelong process. Art is a lifetime. It's you know it's a lifetime career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you're going to be working on it every day in some capacity, whether you're creating work or not. So I think um, people. It's hard to forget that it's not just you know the hours you spend painting is also or creating work is everything else in between as well. It's not just the one thing. I think it's very easy to forget that we have to always be constantly switched on to doing something evolving art it doesn't have to be art itself yeah no yeah that's true so i think um, yeah, no, I that's agree. What so um <laughs> so super curiously so what you've said previously is uh well at least you you've you've spoke about i guess in passing is this idea that you have or it seems to me at least that you have a certain threshold and a certain yeah a certain threshold of what you consider to be good enough to put into your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just curious as to how do you choose to know what goes in your portfolio and kind of what percentage of work do you keep to yourself and what percentage of work do you actually publish on that? Um, I do loads of stuff that I don't share. Um, so I think that for every piece that you might see, you can, you know, maybe you could imagine that there's one or two that I, didn't share um and i think that there's a there's just a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes for you to get to the point where you've got like a coherent body of work that sort of it has to t- has to tie in with the rest of the work i don't want it to feel like filler i don't want it to feel like it's just something that i've learned to do fairly well and that I can just kind of just pull it out, pull it out of nowhere, and just go. There you go. There's, there's something to just keep people going. I don't want to do that sort of thing. I want the work to like somehow contribute to the. the I, I I'm what I'm interested in is giving people an entire body of work to look at that feels like it's got its own unique place in the world. So um, each each new piece is just like a, a little another another little incremental sort of addition to this wider thing that kind of something is coming across when you look at the entire body of work. What exactly what that is, it's hard to pinpoint. And <clears throat> so if I if I was to just do something which was like I've done it before, it's very run of the mill. Uh, even if it was executed well, I'd just be like, oh, I'm a bit apprehensive just to share that 
you know, it has to have something about it which feels different to that which has come before. Um, um, and I would, depending on my mood or depending on where I think things are going, I would want it to have a certain aesthetic. So, for example, I've done quite a lot of like vis visually dark pieces lately. Um, and then when I look back at what I was doing like maybe two months ago, it was a to totally different color palette. And, you know, I just constantly you know, sort of weighing up in my mind um, to what extent should I make things look like they sit in a set? And to what extent is that a bad thing? You know, like I could make everything, I could easily tomorrow just be like, okay, every single thing I do is going to be uh, pink and blue. And then it would be, it's very, very easy for me to then have a style because you could just look and go, oh, this is the guy that does everything he does is pink and blue, you know, and that's cool. But yeah. what if I don't want to do something that's pink and blue tomorrow, you know? So I'm trying to make sure that I'm always giving myself the freedom to do whatever I want so that I can just feel free to express myself. And then I'm always just working and evaluating and going, is that something a bit different? Maybe I'll do that. Some things I can I can see coming a mile off. I'm like, so so recently I did a pencil drawing, and I knew that that's what I was going to do. Like I had I had sat there, going, I've done so much digital work here that the absolute best thing that I can do next is a is a pencil drawing. It's like the absolute antithesis of everything that I've just been in terms of materials. Um, and then um, by making it the total opposite end of the spectrum, as far as materials are concerned, I then make it in terms of subject matter exactly aligned with everything that I've been doing, if that makes sense. So there's an obvious way that it fits with the rest of the work, but there is a there is a clear distinction as well. So then that, that uh, at the very least deserves to have a space and to sit in a space. So then I, 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 I ordered these pencils that I thought looked like they were really, really good. And I wanted to try them out and I, and I did it. Um, then there were things like really quick sketches. Like I, I always do little quick sketches um, it's part of my process. I will open up, you know, a, a new document in, uh, in Procreate or I'll make, uh, or, you know, go to a new page in my sketchbook or get a new canvas in front of me. And I'll just go like really expressive and just do whatever I feel like I want to do. And I do stuff like that all the time. And I don't show them to anyone because it's not necessarily what I want my work to be because I could abs have absolutely loads of those. And then the more realistic, figurative kind of detailed work would be, well, they would be like few and far between. And there's already a, lo a lot of work I'm sharing. So they'll be bombard I'd be bombarding people with work. So I do these sketches all the time, but then every now and then I'll just be like, well, let me pick like my favorite one and share it. And I do, have there are sort of different things that I've read 
that sometimes they strike a chord with me and I go, that is something that I really believe in. And actually I want to do something that is true to that idea. So for example, there's a book called, I hope I got the name right, The Design of Everyday Things. And the person who wrote that book talks about how things should, one of his philosophies, I guess, is that things should look like what they are. They shouldn't try to disguise themselves as something else. Like if, you just, if you're designing a chair, make it look like a chair. You know, if you're designing a car, make it look like a car. Don't try and make the car look like a balloon. Like, you know, that, what, what, does, what do you think of when you think of a car? Now try and make it look like that, you know, and that might sound like really kind of sort of broad and potentially unhelpful, but it's actually quite good because when you think about, for example, doing a drawing, like you could, depending on what's in your head, you could think to yourself, okay, I'm going to try and do a photorealistic drawing. And my goal is for people to not realize it's a drawing, right? And then that's what, that's the goal you set yourself. And then once you make an image that people assume is a photo, you've succeeded, right? But then you could think like the guy that wrote the design of everyday things, and you could say, this, this drawing should have loads of very clear, obvious, um, you know, like uh, pencil marks and like you can clearly see the what the you, the way I've used the pencil to shade up and down, you know. And so when you when you do like a, a sketch, it's an opportunity for you to be sort of unapologetic about the fact that this is this is a drawing, and I can, I'm letting you see the pencil marks, I'm letting you see the mistakes, you know. I'm not refining it, and and they and and people really really respond to them. If that's what's interesting about it, they respond to them more. And they respond to really, really detailed pieces that take me forever. So it might take me 20 minutes to do a sketch, and people love it more than something that might take me, you know, an entire day a lot of the time. Not always, but a lot of the time. So, you know, it, that's kind of the, the way I think is just like, okay, let me do, let, that's, that's something that I want to represent in my work. So, okay, I'll do a sketch okay I want to I've done a lot of digital so let me get a, a pencil and do some pencil drawing and then um, I, I might say okay I've done a lot of work with like a black background um, let me in, specifically do the opposite and do, do a piece of a white background you know um, it's all just like reacting against myself basically that's it yeah that's interesting that's very interesting cool. Um, so my next question for you is, uh, is a piece of art better if it's more personal to the artist? And how do you think that your own um, art influenced your art? I don't necessarily think that a piece of art is better if it's more personal to the artist. Um, it, there, there are pieces of art which are highly effective because they're personal. Um, but I just think that Again, I just I just think that a lot of those kind of ideas are the kind of that there's the sort of two sides to I guess like the human psyche. There's a sort of like chaotic part, which is sort of super creative, and then there's the kind of orderly part, which is like really organized. 
and the orderly part of the brain can can sometimes um, suppress creativity because it doesn't because it tries to make rules so that's the kind of that's like an internal battle that people have whether they realize it or not and it goes on in society there are people that try to make rules and then there are people that go well that rule doesn't work for me you know and so there, there is no one thing that makes a piece of work better you know it's just that it would be really good if there was because it would be a rule we could actually go there's a rule we can write this rule down, but there actually isn't. Yeah. There's no, there's no, you know, someone might do a piece of work that uh, the fact that it's personal makes it so incredibly moving and powerful that it's like it stays with you forever. And another person might make a piece of work that's personal, and the fact that it's personal is really, really off-putting, and you just and you just hate it. You're just like, oh, I just don't like this at all. So um, it's not. There's just no, there's no uh, rule for what makes a piece of work good at all. Um, um, and that's one of the things which is difficult for people to wrestle with um, because it just leaves you with potential just chaos. But, you know, we're in the realm of create, when it comes to art, we're in the realm of the, you know, creative. Um, so it is pretty much chaotic, I would say. And um, when it comes to my work, um, I'm not I'm not self-conscious, so I that's that's the way I approach it. So I just think that by virtue of me making it, it's going to be personal. I just think that you can't you can't get away from the fact that there is there is something personal about it, um, but it's not something that I'm conscious of or I'm trying to do in any way. I'm not trying to you know sort of say anything over i'm much more interested in the subconscious and um uh, and i guess leaving a lot of things open to interpretation and letting people project themselves their own ideas onto things and stuff like that so do you think that being an artist is liberating that's a good question um both for sure it is, I mean, practically speaking, it is isolating. Um, you also end up in your own head a lot, and that's isolating. So uh, that's probably the biggest reason why I would like to not do art, is to stop sort of isolating myself yeah. and being in my own little mental um, kind of thought process that's just so kind of impossible for anyone else to be part of it, because sort of so fast moving and it's just all going on in inside my head so that's something that is isolating and having to sort of work on your own a lot is isolating but then it's liberating to be able to do whatever you want and um to feel like you are always working on expressing yourself so you kind of Get a lot off your chest or you get a lot out of your system um and in theory you don't end up carrying a lot of dead weight because you're just kind of getting things out all the time so yeah so it's both i actually think it's both yeah that's cool that's a perfect, that's a perfect answer and i think most people probably would imagine it is both because there are times where it can be both 
and the times where it's only one, the times where it's in the other. And I think, um, yeah, it's just an interesting question I like to ask, but I can't remember why I decided to ask it or where it came from. But it's just something that I was thinking about, I mm. think, because I, you know, and it, it, it comes back to another question I'm going to probably ask you in a minute, actually, because it's just like we think of artists as as these kind of types of people who, you know, sit in their room or a studio for hours on end and paint and do nothing else and don't interact with the world. And that's there's some truth in that, but that's not really the whole totality of it. Um, and I think also the fact that like art is quite liberating and it can be quite like we have freedom of expression, but at the same time we also have you know social media guidelines and we also have people who are quite prudish and we also have you know you know ways that are that we're restricted upon the images we can and cannot create also um so i just think that's it's interesting to ask artists how they feel about being an artist because you know i think yeah I, I, maybe maybe it's just me but i feel like not enough people talk about that even though i listen to a lot of podcasts i do yeah no, no <laughs> it's, it's an interest it's so, yeah. a really interesting question because it just it actually makes me think about that which is something that i i guess i hadn't really taken the time to consider that before but it's actually it's actually really like uh, cool. yeah it's really relevant um isn't well, I thank you. I, I mean, I try to create questions that that make people think about what they do, as opposed to just being like, "Oh, you know, who's your influences, yeah, yeah. and you know, where do you look for inspiration?" Like those questions are cool, but but I'm interested in why somebody's an artist and what kind of drives them. Like as as I say in the in my intro, which you'll hear at some point, is um you know the the flying free world is a platform that is like based on the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. Like that's what I'm interested yeah. in. You know, it's like the exploration of what it means to be an artist. Not necessarily the art, not just necessarily the art itself, but also how you get to the art and how you get to the creative life as well. Um, yeah, it's not just about the- Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's about the journey. Definitely. That's probably the biggest part, <laughs> actually, for me. Yeah, of course. And that's, I think it's the biggest part, but it's also the most kind of, um obscure part and mystified mm. part i think um because for some people it is literally just a, a case of picking up a brush and painting and then, and then to realize they're good at it and for other people it's self-discovery you know there's, yeah. there's so many different like every single artist has a completely different journey which is why they're talking to people um because everyone has something different to say even if it's similar it's still yeah. quite different you know everyone approaches everyone's at different ages and levels in their lives and i think that's it's just interesting for me to hear and me to see and me to watch people's journey. Yeah, people's yeah, no, I can see so, that. I can yeah, see. I mean, it must it must be interesting <laughs> for you to see all of the different responses that you get. Kind of probably is, yeah. makes you aware of just like how how varied this whole thing is. You know, it's definitely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's cool for me because I see even just the few artists I've interviewed so far, like connections between their work. And I'm like, oh, this person's work would go really well with this person. And if I was to ever have like a physical gallery, which, you know, could be interesting, um, I'd love to, you know, put this person next to this person or this person would go so, you know, well with this yeah. person. No, I like the connections to make. So how do you define yourself as an artist? Without um, putting yourself I just box? don't think about it. I, I use the word artist because it's the most obvious word to me to describe what I do, but I also don't care. Like, I don't care. I, I, if someone says, no, you're not an artist, I say, okay, doesn't matter. It's fine. 
uh, <laughs> whatever whatever you want to, want to call it you know um what words a lot of the time um of uh practical things that are there to just help us actually explain to someone what we're what we're talking about it's not really like um there's no special status behind it or there's no um there's no uh specific meaning that it has for me like i i'm not a gatekeeper that would be like oh no an artist has to be this and has to be that and you're not an artist if you don't do xyz it's it's just a, a word that is probably the one that first comes to mind for me personally um and that's it and maybe it's not the right word and i don't know and if if someone else thinks that they've got a better word for it then it's fine they can use that <laughs> that's it i, I don't i oh, don't yeah, cool. yeah. yeah that's beyond cool. that i don't think about it that's very cool yeah no i like that no i can see that and i think that's it gives you a lot more freedom to just do whatever the hell you want to and not be worried by how what people are going to think of it or how people are going to determine it you know i think that's a very good mentality to have and i think it must give you a lot of um yeah just a lot of freedom i guess and to, to create and not have to worry about you know fitting into a certain mold or, or like oh no my work you know i can't you know shoot a film or i can't you know make a music score or something because it's like it won't fit into what i do i think you know that's very you know i respect that a lot it's that's very a respectful. very broad term so it's that's one of the reasons why it's good because i don't want to give myself a label that stops me from being able to do what i want but if if tomorrow i decide i want to do something that's just very different i haven't boxed myself in so it's good yeah yeah. so how does living in london it definitely does yeah i mean it's to do with you know the sights and the sounds and the colors and the smells and the culture and everything it's all part of it um and that's probably where my work has kind of gone into this territory of being like full of this kind of there are certain elements of like urban decay and like you know like vandalized phone boxes and things like that and there's a kind of dystopian theme that's going on there somewhere as well um and i guess that that's just kind of one one of the ways that i enjoy london it's like i enjoy looking at it and imagining that it's like some post-apocalyptic landscape like it's more interesting to me <laughs> than just this like i don't know that there are there are negative ways that that you can there are lots of negative things that you can easily fall into living in london because there's just so many people and you feel so cramped so you know you kind yeah. of have to use your imagination a little bit and i'm more personally I'm, i think i'm happier when i'm in the countryside and you'll you'll know when i'm living in the countryside because there'll be loads of drawings of nature and stuff <laughs> turning up and it will it will start to sort of change the whole themes will change the themes of my work will change a little bit so so yeah it does it does affect me uh, i think that's that's 
the way in which it affects me. Also working, doing digital work on an iPad, if, if I felt like I had loads of space to move around, I'd probably, um, just to like, get like a really, really big canvas and paint on that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because you have yeah. the space to do so. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And I like that. I like that, the fact that you're, the environment you're in is very, like it has an influence yeah. on the work you create. And actually that's a good, it's kind of really interesting though, actually, because it makes me consider like what work would you have created had you been in a bigger space or a smaller space or, you know, in the countryside or, you know, in a, you know, a larger city, for instance, like that's quite, that's quite interesting actually. It's something I'm going to think about in terms of, of why I ask people about their work. Um, that, yeah, that's really interesting actually. Now, that's something that we subconsciously don't think about is where we live and how that affects us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're basically life. sponges, aren't we? We're soaking up the world, world around us. Of so. course, yeah. It's everything from, you know, the way things look and the music that you listen to and the stories that you get told, you know. Um, yeah, and also, yeah, and you can find inspiration from anywhere as well, which is the coolest thing. So, you know, you could be walking down the street, you know, and a piece of trash can, you know, float past you and you might get inspired yeah. by it, yeah. you know, by the way, by yeah. the way it moves yeah. or something. And, you know, I think that's, you know, the fascinating thing about life, you know, that, you never know when inspiration is going to hit. And it's like, you don't necessarily have to go searching for it. It will come to you at some point. But obviously you have to be productive in the meantime, otherwise it can be right in front of you and you just won't care. Yeah, 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 true. I mean, it's, it's all about your the way that you interact with the world, isn't it? That's, that's the key. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's about perspective. <laughs> Come back to anamorphic yeah, art, it's about perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm super curious. So do you feel like you're part of a larger art community? And actually, what are your thoughts on the art industry as well? Um, I don't think of myself as part of a larger art community, really. Um, I probably am because I'm on social media and there's some really, really nice okay. people that I've got to know on there. So there's a couple of artists I talk to who, you know, really, really nice and, you know, it's all good, I, but I don't, I don't know, I just, I just don't want to ever become cliquey or feel like I'm part of a scene or anything like that. They, those are all things that I don't want. They're all things that I want to, to, to shake off as soon as I feel them. And that's like when I talk yeah. about how I used to have like friends that did street, street art and I used to tell them like, I don't want to feel like I'm part of your scene which like it was a, i didn't mean that to be rude when i said it that was probably probably was yeah, no, no, but the fact of the matter is that that is how i felt and it's because i just don't want to feel like there's an expectation of me to to that what i'm going to do is going to reflect on others and what they do is going to reflect on me i'm being very i suppose like very libertarian of my work like i want to be able to fall on my own sword and do whatever i want and uh, and it's on me you know, if I if I decide if I do something dumb tomorrow, that's on me. Um, and if if yeah. if someone else turns around and says something or does something really offensive, that's on them. You know, if someone does an amazing piece of work, yeah. it's for them to receive credit for it. It's nothing to do with just because I know them. It's nothing to do with me. They did it. So it's like it's like that. And I like I kind of like the idea that my friendship group is just people that I've 
known for years that I've grown up with. They don't need to be into art. They're just people. They're people that I trust yeah. the most. Um, and you know, or I have like you know, we have the same sense of humor, or we've been through things together. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm not really looking for that. Um, um, yeah. And and as it's it's a balancing act because I don't want to be be rude to anyone because I really really like the vast majority of people that I've met through doing my artwork so it's um it's a case of just like trying to judge people as people and not let that identity of like being in this art crowd thing like getting in in the mix at all you know I don't think that that's uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a bad territory when you start ju judging on anything other than the people's character so yeah that that's that's yeah. one of the reasons why i prefer to stay a little bit on the outskirts of these things yeah and i think yeah very much so and i think that you know it suits you well it suits you and what you're trying to do very well because you know i think that yeah that works out well i think it's a good idea um, and I actually really like the fact that you are aware of that as well, as opposed to being like, you know, I want to be, you know, the life and soul of the party. And, you know, I want everyone to see my work. And, you know, I like, I like the fact that you're very much the opposite. And you're very much like, you know what, if you like my work and you'll get it, you'll get it. And if you don't, that's cool. You know, I like that. I think that's, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, you're setting yourself up for a great level of success, but your own success, you know, your kind of self-imposed success as opposed to external. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No internal success. Yeah, internal no, success. I, I definitely, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you you uh, can sort of see that and you're okay with that. That's Yeah, I just think the way you know, that... That's, I, that's def definitely where I'm coming from. Yeah, I just think your approach, your approach is really fascinating. It's really fascinating. It's, it's completely different to anybody I've spoken to, which is really interesting. Um, so I'm very intrigued. Like, um, I'm very intrigued because it's, it's very hopeful, okay. if that makes sense. that's cool. It's a it's a very it's a very hopeful outlook that you have. It's you know, it, it, and the more I talk to people, the more I kind of see it. Actually, it's kind of a, I guess, as a theme in a way. Like, I love artists that I speak to. Like, they don't care. Obviously, they want to make money. Mm. Everybody wants to make money, but it's not about that. It's about the creation. It's about the desire to. It's about the need to create. And I yeah. think that's you know that's kind of quite a revelation to me, because from the outside, it might not seem that way. Yeah, well, the, so, yeah. there, there yeah, are think, there yeah. are things, you know, yeah. what, why do people do the things they do? Like, what is it that makes them do the things they do? That's what's interesting. People have urges and interests to do things. Like, where does that come from? Why are they deciding to do certain things? And um, I think that the society gives a, a hugely diverse range of opportunities to people um, which uh, that's one of the ways in which society is very successful uh, is, is, is we're very fortunate to be born when we at the time that we were born because it, we, it may not be perfect but we've got such a hugely diverse range of opportunities that if you're somebody that your soul your spirit is like you want to crunch numbers you want to be a numbers guy there's a place for you in society and you can be hugely valued if you're a person that what you want to do is you want to write, 
you know, there's a huge, huge domain for you to, there's, there are so many opportunities for you to go and write. If you're somebody that what you want to do is paint, then there's a huge range of opportunities for you to go and paint. There, there's so many different natural kind of uh, proclivities that people have uh, or, or in, different instincts that people have that um, they're all able to go out and go and implement in their own way. You know, you've got people that are real, you have someone who's a real sociable people person and what they want to do is go and network and speak to people and get to know people and that's, that's great. There's loads of opportunities for people like that. So I just feel like um, that's that's the root of kind of what is interesting to me, to me is sort of looking at why do people do the things they do. I feel like people who do art, if they were money oriented, then they would probably not have chosen to do art in the first place. It doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do, like maybe get into banking or something. That's probably more likely to be profitable. Yeah. Um, so it's it's clearly um, not about money, but then it has to be about money to a certain extent because for it to facilitate its own existence, there needs to be some money behind it. It needs to generate, unless someone's just got loads of money, that's fine, but if, if it needs to generate enough money for to, to, to keep itself afloat. So that's that's what... That's, 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 the, yeah, that's absolutely, the of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. Of course, yeah, there's always um, costs involved in obviously anything you yeah. do. So, of course. I mean, actually, talking about money, um, one thing I really want to ask you, and actually, probably now is probably a good time to ask you after this conversation mm-hmm. we've had so far, is um, balancing jobs with creating art. Because obviously I, obviously, I know you work, you know, a lot. So, how do you balance creating? with having jobs and what kind of sacrifices do you make um i finish work and then i immediately go to work (laughs) that's what it is so like i work in one job and then i finish and i work in another job and then i finish that and i work in another job so like i'm kind of doing three things at once right now and um they're all things that have yielded positive results for me if you know what i mean so so i i just believe that um if you find yourself at a loose end where you've just got nothing to do um um you know there's the the old uh cliche of uh idle hands do the devil's work so it's so easy for me to do something that is bad (laughs) for myself like what who knows what bad things i might get into if i just have nothing to do so um with lockdown it was like okay let me fill my schedule with stuff so i do you know i've got my job which has kept me sane um and it's kept me more sociable because i've got like really nice colleagues that i talk to and i'm working on my job i finish that and then i do my artwork which has become really really like it's distracted me from the problems of the world you could say and it's that's been really really good and then i do the i i do branding for um my friend's uh brewery because i wanted to support him and he's doing something really positive and it's another way of using my time well so i'm sort of doing three jobs 
in a way you could say but one of them is like that is my my i can't live without it that's my job with my secure salary and that's my career yeah, that's so one of them's like got yeah. a nine to five monday to friday commitment and then the other two i can sort of you know i can sort of work them in in their own way but they're self-imposed oh yeah right? no they're absolutely self-imposed um and and my life is better for it because i just don't i wouldn't be here talking to you now if i hadn't put the work in and made that artwork you know I would be what would I be doing just watching Absolutely. another TV show on Netflix or something. So. You know, I think that's actually a really good point though. And it's actually not something that I've thought about. But now you've said that and I've thought about it. Like I'm I, I feel quite the same. Like the reason I, I always, you know, I always I always get annoyed. I'm like, oh, I do so much. And I probably said that to you already. And I, I say that to a lot of people like, oh, I'm busy all the time. And it's like, yeah, I guess the reason I, I like to be busy is because if I wasn't busy, I wouldn't be doing anything interesting. Mm. I wouldn't be doing anything productive. I'd just be sitting at home feeling terrible that I'm not doing anything. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. It's not something I've quite thought about. But yeah, so let's talk a bit about social media. What are your thoughts on social media? Um, How is it social media brain? has changed my life in a lot of ways. I have, in the past, had millions of hits and subsequently lots and lots of, you could say, business with making artwork. Um, and this threw me through a loop. Um, separately from my life i have been looking at you know the news and seeing some of the things going on in society and thinking hmm there are some huge things happening and i think that it's probably because of social media and i'm sort of watching going is this is this really bad or is this really good um and i've kind of come to the conclusion that from the perspective of society wider society it's good ultimately although there's going to be some painful transitional stages for for society to go to go through because things are going to have to change quite a lot and i think that it's just happening like they they try to halt or slow down change but changes there are some fundamental changes to some of the systems that govern society because it's just like the technology is phenomenal um but in terms of the uh individual kind of um mental health perspective it's really 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 bad super dangerous um there's so much potential to to get yourself into a situation where you're really, really unhealthy mentally <clears throat> because of social media and it's really dangerous for people. So that's probably the, my best way of kind of understanding it. I think that each individual person needs to be very wary of it and how they are in, engaging with it and how it's affecting them. Um, and society wider society is probably going to go through positive change ultimately but there's going to be a lot of bullshit in between now and then um and i think that we've seen some of that we've seen we've seen a lot of things happen around the world you know governments getting overturned you know there's all sorts of things that go, go on um that probably and there's a lot of negative stuff. There are a lot of negative uh, kind of uh, 
collectives of people with you know potentially like fascistic kind of viewpoints that they're able to gather together and hype each other up and make themselves into groups because of social media that's quite scary you know so it's it's there's a little bit of the unknown and there's a little bit it's a, it can be a little bit frightening um i feel a little bit daunted by it it's just beyond my understanding um i'm just trying to look after my own mental health i think yeah of course yeah of course that's, that's super important i think that's it's extremely important because really we're still in very much the beginning phases of it to be honest it's not like we're at the end mm -hmm. of social media or you know it's going to die out anytime soon and if you track over the last you know five ten years of, of how people's attitudes have changed towards society and themselves you know it isn't always it's not always positive you know and i think yeah i think i agree with you i think it's, there's a lot to be said for the effect of of social media on mental health particularly for something like say art where art is so subjective at the, you know, in its essence anyway, that, you know, stuff like social media gives people um, a platform to talk about, you know, to have opinions. And those opinions may not necessarily always be positive or helpful. And I think, yeah, it must be, it's a challenge, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, for me, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, there's, there's a couple of books that I'm, uh, that audio books I'm listening to, about social media so one of them is like i think it's supposed to be like 10 reasons to delete all your social media right now <laughs> it's like re oh really interesting. Yeah. yeah yeah it's by um it's like jaron it's like jaron lane yeah yeah i think yeah i think that's the guy yeah 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 yeah. So, yeah. yeah um so do you think that people still value the time and effort it takes to create art um hmm, that's a good question i don't know um i suppose i suppose people do i just think that there are like loads of just just other ways of making work and everything's just diversified that's all and that's a good thing so the world of of art has diversified and along with uh, you know everything else it's it's probably a result of technology technology it's a result of innovation creativity ideas and you know people don't just see art as being necessarily um a, about whether someone's done something which is difficult you know that's and that's something that people debate the sheer fact that people are debating it uh makes it uh relevant as an idea because that could have just been like something that everyone has, has discussed debated and agreed on and then laid it to rest like okay we've all now agreed that um art is only something which takes loads of work or art doesn't need to take a lot of work you know but you still see people have those debates all the time someone will put a piece of modern art up somewhere and then you'll have always have that person that turns up and goes well i could have done that <laughs> you know? and it's just like and then the conversation Absolutely. starts and you're like as long as that conversation is going on then the you know this is relevant and you know that 
the human condition hasn't changed. People are still the same as they were um, a thousand years ago. And so, the, you know, that work, um, that sort of work is, is relevant as much today as it was at any other time. But maybe in the past, society hadn't diversified enough and people were not educated enough for those things to have a place, but now they've got a place in society. It's, it's just, it's just no, it just doesn't matter whether people appreciate it or not. I guess it just doesn't matter. There are loads of people in the world. There's 7 billion people in the world. You're going to have people that um, have a negative view of what you do. You don't have people that have a positive view of what you do. Um, there are going to be people that are totally indifferent. Um, so I just, yeah, I honestly can't, I have to admit, I don't, I don't know if I care. <laughs> if people, if people, uh, no, I think yeah. that's, no, I think that's great. I think, I think generally, I think that's great. I think that that just puts, you know, so much less pressure on you to have to do something and have to create and have to, to, um, you know, just basically, also, you not, can, yeah, it kills the charm of uh, like, so if you, if you imagine someone makes a gesture, um, so imagine somebody says, like, imagine somebody makes you, I don't know, a cup of tea, right? And then, you know, hopefully you'd go, like, oh, thank you so much. That's really, really kind of you, right? But whether you do that or not, the person who gives it to you, if they turn around and go, don't you fucking appreciate what I've just done for you? I've just made you a cup of tea. Are you not going to... Please tell me that's the most delicious tea you've ever drunk in your life. Have you not even appreciated? Look at the effort I put in. They killed the whole thing by saying that, you know. So having that in, having yeah. it in yeah, your yeah, head, yeah. that's a good point. That people need to appreciate that. People need to appreciate the work the effort I put into this. You know, having that in your head when you put the work out uh, runs the risk of just like killing off what good will people may have had um, by just kind of killing the charm of the whole thing. That's why I don't say too much. I just I just make an image and then I just go, there you go, have a look, <laughs> you know. And then it's fine yeah. if, the, if the, like you will you will get nice people that have positive things to say, and then and then the onus is on you to sort of like show gratitude to those people, and then just sort of give as little energy as possible to any negativity. That's it. But you do want feedback on your work, though, right? I or have had not? comments on my work online since I've done Sacred Monolith that have been so amazing that I've thought to myself, bloody hell, I wish this person would just feedback on everything I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> there have been people that have said, <laughs> said comments. Like, and I'm really bad because I never reply to people. I started replying to people because someone messaged me and was like another artist who's a really, really good artist. And they were like, you don't reply to anyone like what's going on <laughs> and i was like oh okay and then i would like every like four days or something i go through each post and i go thank you you know because i do i am grateful to people but it's just so far from like where i'm at mentally in terms of like looking for any kind of approval from people it's like a door that i don't really open but then when i have had com some comments i've had from people i've just been like I am so grateful to that person because they have like genuinely 
got me thinking differently about this work and like what I might do next, you know? So it's sort of, it's sort of yeah, like, I'm really, yeah. really grateful. Um, but unfortunately that probably doesn't come across because it's just like a domain that I don't really, I'm not really big into that whole, the whole domain of like, you know, being in the comments section online. Yeah, like, but the thing is, like, I, I always find it really, really interesting, like, the balance between creating art and being online, because, of course, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have, you know, some set, some kind of audience and just ignore them, because obviously, they're looking at our work. But at the same time, the time you're being online, you know, responding to people is less time you're creating work. So it's, you know, you have to strike a balance, you know, of, you know, being online and, and you know, being approachable and, you know, actually talking to people but also just getting on with what you actually really want to do which is crazy yeah. and like no and i don't think anyone, yeah no one could be mad for you for not being on instagram for a week because you're creating stuff that's like, true and not just that like why can't people just be patient if you're going to reply you're going to reply if you're i mean that person that said that to me was looking no, out for me because they weren't sort of saying they're upset that i don't reply to them oh, they're yeah. like saying you know what like people are commenting you don't reply yeah you should they were, like, they you were think about it, maybe, but yeah. i do think and I, and I do think that there are people out there where they just get there's so much positivity that they experience because they really engage with people i don't really and that's because of just my nature of my personality like i find internet com comment sections to be a toxic domain and so even if people are being yeah. being nice yeah i'm super cautious to sort of walk into that space at all i'm like from a distance going oh that's a nice thing that someone said and i don't get involved um but i'm i'm also like i'm also mindful that i don't want to feel like by making artwork i've come i've committed to any kind of other things which are related to it that people might just assume that i'm committed to and I'm actually not, you know, so, yeah. so just because I've made an image of, uh, you know, a, 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 I've made an image that I was interested in making and then shared it with people, that doesn't mean that I'm the social media guy, you know, because I'm just not. And, um, and there are certain people where that's their character and it works for them um and those yeah those people if Absolutely. i was like you know if i if i was running like a 10 million pound operation then yeah I'd, maybe i'll just hire some person to just be really nice to people online because i would i want people to feel good <laughs> i don't want there to, to be any negative vibes at all so if by inf inference people feel slighted because they feel like i haven't responded to them or anything like that then that's just, that's just a bit of a shame but it's certainly not like uh there's, a, there's no there's no negativity behind it i'm not i'm not really about the social media it's just just about the images just about yeah. making the art yeah. putting it out there people see it that i make some more and then i put that out there too that's it <laughs> Yeah, it's about the jury creating, not not the um, what he can get from creating it. And I think that's that's very commendable. That's well, very thanks. commendable. Um, 
Yeah. And, you know, I like that. I think I can share that sentiment a lot because, as I always say, and I probably say in every single interview, like, I'm not a fan of social media, even mm. though I'm on it all the time. Well, I kind of not on it all the time. But, yeah, like, I'm the same. Like, I'll post on Instagram and then I'll turn my internet off for probably the rest of the day because um, yeah. I'm not I'm not interested in who sees it straight away. Like, like yeah, I, yeah, I just, it's just, for me personally, it's not how I want to spend my life. I don't want to spend my life staying at screen, which is what I'm doing anyway, but I don't want to spend, you know, there's other things I want to be doing. Like I have books I want to read. I've got people I want to see. I've got other things we're doing that just involve just staying at screen all day. And for me, you know, I don't know. It's something that I'm thinking about recently as, you know, I seem to, you know, it's like followers. It's like my follower account's going up, which is cool, which mm-hmm. is nice. That's cool. But it's also quite terrifying as well because I'm not, I'm not a public person. I'm a very private person. Mm. Um, and what I'm doing isn't particularly public, but it kind of is at the same time. Mm. I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah. It's I don't know. So kind of talking about, I guess it's kind of along the same veins. Um, but the thing about being an artist is that, you know, you create work, you create work, you create work. But for some people, um, you know, quote unquote, the kind of, um, how can I put it? The... Uh, popular I guess for the rest of the, the quote unquote popular artists so like you know it becomes they, they get to a point where like for instance like and I use the example of the time like Damien Hurst or Jeff Koons mm-hmm. it's like their name and their reputation becomes more popular or more important than the work itself so my question for you really is um, at what point do you think that an artist's brand or reputation over um, like, I think it's um, that is when a, when an artist is successful basically because there's absolutely no doubt about it reputation um is a very very powerful thing and um it's basically like branding it's like it's like having a brand right so if if you look at like say like the fashion industry if somebody is an unknown brands and they make an item of clothing let's say they make a dress and they sell it for uh 50 quid they're selling it for its objective value and it's high quality is something that they hope will help build the reputation of the brand and then once they sell i don't know a few hundred different garments um that are all of an equal high standard at that low price, which represents it's a, something close to its objective value, then they they would have built a um, reputation for the brand that then f- feeds back into the perception of the same garment that they can then put the price up on. Um, and then that's a kind of positive feedback loop. And then five years in, you might have an identical, the literal, literally identical garment to the one that was originally sold. It might now be 200 quid. Um, and then you just keep yeah. going and then you get to the point where a few years on, that garment is now 500 quid or a thousand pounds or whatever. So when it comes to, um, to, to artists, it, it actually is just the same thing. I know that people like to imagine it's not because they believe in a lot of the, the myths around 
artists and this sort of archetypal ideas of of, of artists and, and what it is, but it's actually just marketing, and that's what it is. There's no there's no two ways about it. If I had um, a, a million pound machine behind my work, then I could invest that money into making myself into an established artist with a name that makes my work now cost 10 times what it did before. And it's an investment. It's, a, it's an investment of money because if I've invested a million pounds into making that, that name for myself, I now need to be able to recoup that million pounds. So I need to be able to sell work at such a price that I've got my million pounds back, right? And I honestly think that it's achievable for any artist. If, if you, doesn't matter who you are, if you're making work and you put a million pounds behind it, you can pull that off because you have the best marketing people putting the best possible spin and doing the best little tricks of the trade to put your work in that cycle of, you know, in that economic kind of lane. And the reason behind people paying large sums for artwork is nothing to do with the artwork itself. So um, it's just whether you manage to get that association with your work that it becomes an asset for investment. And then yeah. you're, you're basically no longer talking about art. You're just talking about an asset that can be traded. And, you know, who cares about one gold bar compared to another gold bar? They're all the same, right? It's, it's, they all look the yeah. same. They all do the same yeah, thing. Absolutely. They all feel the same weight in your hand. Um, so when it comes to gold bars like we know that they're all the same but when it comes to art the nature of the asset when it becomes an asset to trade is it has to be different to they can't just all be the same so everyone's investing in these different art pieces from here and there here there and everywhere and they've got their their different provenance or their different rationale for why this is why does this sit in this space as opposed to the other million pieces of art that don't and there has to be some rationale for someone to be able to to throw out. So it may be that it's a Picasso, or maybe it's a Modigliani, and all of the things that come along with that. Um, or it may be that it's an NFT, and it's like part of this like super like uh, innovative thing. But at the end of the day, it's it, that is not the art world. That is, uh, and that that does not. I'm not denigrating it. It's just it's a different thing. It's not the art world. It's just so happens that yeah. art is the like catalyst or whatever. Yeah, art, art is the yeah, commodity. The commodity yeah. that's being traded. So that's fine, um, but it's it's really um, if you're a, if you're a passionate artist, that is not necessarily the thing you're passionate about. If you're a passionate if you're a passionate yeah. kind of economist or a passionate trader, then that would be a super exciting thing to talk about. Um, but you know, it would. It's obviously like it's. It's like the idea of winning the lottery. If you're the artist, but your work becomes that, 
uh, commodity, then you get to enjoy the um, huge benefits that someone's come along and paid like 10 million for your work. Now you've got 10 million quid. So <laughs> who doesn't want to have 10 million quid? Yeah. But there you go. I mean, I mean, I don't know. For me, personally, I feel like, you know, more money, more problems is a real thing. And I think, like, yeah, who wouldn't want 10 million pounds? Sure. But at the same time, what would you strive for if you didn't, if you had 10 million pounds? Like, there's nothing left to strive for if you can just buy stuff. There's nothing left for you to, to well, want to achieve. I mean, that's just one way it. of looking at it. I mean, I think to myself, um, if I had that money, then I'd, I just, I've got so many things that I'd look, try and facilitate, you know, <laughs> that I would be like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to yeah. do this. There's not like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it to become lazy. I'd use it to, you know, like I said, my, my friend started a brewery. That was an amazing thing to see. Uh, he didn't have, he didn't have yeah. loads of money to do that, but he did it nonetheless. He worked really, really hard to do it, but he, he now gets to have that life like it's a it's a it's a lifestyle that he's earned for himself by working hard and making it but you can buy that lifestyle you know if you have 10 million quid and you decide that you want to have the lifestyle of, of of someone who who owns and runs a brewery you can buy it because you can just immediately pay to have it all set up and then you can do all of the work doesn't mean that you need to just sit back and do nothing you can turn turn up every day, that's true. learn the art that's of brewing, you know, meet people and do yeah, all that true. stuff. So it's just a it's a it's a key to many, many, many doors. Um, and I, you know, I'm not against I'm not against that at all. I would sit back and think, okay, what are the things, what are the doors that I want to open, you know? Um, and what are the doors that I want to keep firmly closed. So yeah. That would be like a, that would be, a, yeah. you know, there would yeah, be a absolutely. lot for me to think about. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the art industry. It's, it's the world of commodities and trading. And I don't think that it has any real, um, it actually is counter to art because making art into a commodity it's now a distraction from the actual piece of art itself and what it was supposed to be when it was made. So, you know, is the way that we view the Mona Lisa at this point in time anything like the intended way to view the Mona Lisa when it was made, like the, what the artist intended? I mean, did, did, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci paint that hoping that it would be worth so much money that you couldn't even imagine or did he paint it hoping that it would become like the number one like selfie destination for people to turn up and get a selfie in front of it like it's, I don't know probably that is just nothing like what he was thinking he was probably thinking along the lines of trying to capture something in the subject that is quite probably quite personal, and maybe some personal, and maybe some challenges that he'd given himself as a painter to try and achieve certain things. So, yeah, it's really just got nothing to do with it. 
So that's really interesting because one of the things that I've really learned by talking to people so far is that most artists, you know, when they create work, they just let it go. And then whatever happens, happens. Um, like a lot of people are very like, you know, they don't have a specific viewer in mind or they don't have a specific purpose for their work when they're creating it. They just create it and then just, you know, you know, kind of let it go and let it have a life of its own after it's been, you know, released into the wild per se. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting because you're right. Like how, like how, what was the intent of the Mona Lisa? Like we will never know because it's changed so much now. Like it's such a fixed narrative now for what we see mm. as that it, we can't change that. So that's really, that's a really interesting consideration. That's a very interesting consideration. One thing that, you know, I definitely touched upon and I'm actually just curious generally is misconceptions. It's like, are there any misconceptions about being an artist that you don't like? Um, yeah. Yeah, there are. There are sort of, um, there are, there are quite a few actually. So, I mean, there's probably, there are probably some stereotypes that kind of go around about people being a bit pretentious or being a bit into themselves. And that bothers me. Like, I wouldn't want someone to think that I'm like that. So I don't. I don't like I don't like the image of being an artist. Like I don't I don't like it. It's not something that I enjoy saying to people I'm an artist. Um, and there's also a lot of there are a lot of people that will think like, oh, you just don't do anything then. You know, oh here we go, here's someone that does nothing. And I don't like that either, because I actually, you know, I don't think that either of those things are true. They probably have affected my personality because I've always kind of done this sort of stuff so I guess I've grown up and not wanted to fall into being what people expect so I probably I probably at a very young age was like I'm not going to be pretentious like I'm going to go out of my way to try to be like as true to myself as possible because fuck I don't want to be that guy you know and then and then also like I'm going to work hard on it because I I would hate the idea that people would assume that I'm like lazy because I'm an artist. Like, oh, here we go. Here's someone that's really doing a thing. And, yeah. uh, and, and I probably make a point of being like decisive and direct because people think that it's like wishy-washy. Oh, here we go. It's not a wishy-washy person, arty, farty person. So because it's so like deeply ingrained and I've, I've been doing it all my life, I, I think my personality has actually probably, I haven't even really thought about that before, but it's probably changed as a reaction against that. So that's probably probably one of the, one of the reasons why I'm the way I am in terms of like being like, no, I'm going to work hard and no, I'm not going to be fake with anyone. And um, you know, no, I'm not going to be wishy-washy at all. I'm going to be very clear about what I want, what I think sort of like going against the grain so that people don't judge me maybe but i honestly hadn't really thought about that until now that's actually really, really satisfying for me to kind of realize like actually oh that's something about myself that i hadn't really realized it's like if i went to therapy like i'd probably i'd probably come out of it realizing some of this stuff about myself um yeah so so yeah that's that's as a result of misconceptions that people have that I don't I don't like people prejudging 
to be honest. And I think that whatever whatever you do, it's easy to take take it for granted. If you if you consider any job that someone has, and then you actually got imagine, okay, let me for once think about what it's like to be in that job. Suddenly, you would be aware that there are like preconceptions that we probably hold about other professions and the people in them, and they might really fucking piss you off if you're in that job. You know what I mean? Uh, whatever it may yeah, be, absolutely, um, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting thought experiment. I won't think. Of, can't think of an example right now of a, of a profession, but um, you know there are millions out there. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I think that's a that's a great answer, and I, I like the fact that um, it's made you think about yourself. I really like. I really like ask, trying to. I always try to ask questions that make people think about what they do, and I think that's cool if you do. Yeah, that's no, you, you did. You did. Um, that's good for me. That's, <laughs> that's good for me. <laughs> it means I'm doing something right, I guess. Um, so, have you? Do you ever think about, or at least, is it a concern to you? that the art industry is so oversaturated with images? And do you think there's too much art? Well, it would be a lot easier for me to make a career for myself if there was hardly anyone doing it, right? Um, so it's, it's just more challenging because it's very crowded space. But we live in a huge world, there's just, so many people in the world so i just i suppose i look at it like there are certain ratios of society that are create that create that create artwork and then there's a certain ratio of society that buy artwork and i don't think that you're ever at a greater disadvantage i suppose because than, than at any other time because the ratios are always there I guess so you could say a hundred years ago there were significantly fewer people doing art there, there would have also been significantly fewer people buying art there also would have been significantly fewer people full stop um, so now you've got that's true se- you know seven billion people in the world absolutely shitloads of people doing artwork but then they're also absolutely shitloads of people buying artwork, you know? So it's just yeah. like, yeah. The, ch- the challenges are the same as they ever were, which is, you know, how do you make yourself, um, and that's me thinking from a, from a completely like practical perspective of like making a career from it. Cause that's the only way that I can, re- I can even put it on my radar as being a problem because otherwise I don't, have an issue with there being loads of artwork. I don't can't I can't perceive of any way in which it could be negative other than making it hard for somebody to stand out to sell work because there's nothing negative about lots and lots of people making art, in my opinion. There's it's just it's one of those things, it's just part of human nature, it's human expression. You know, if you if you had 10 people in the room they would talk to each other. That's just what they would do. Um, uh, and, yeah. and it would be like me getting annoyed that people talk to one another. It's like, it's not for me to get annoyed about it. Um, people people make images and they show them to each other. They 
make in objects of interest everyone that everyone that takes the moment to be to create something is is doing something positive you know it's like a lot of a lot of modern art is just somebody making a, an object of interest or an experience of interest for people without worrying too much about what it is or what it's defined as and then you can only really be grateful to them because then you can sort of turn up and look at something and just go oh okay that is not something that, I, that I'm used to seeing you know <laughs> like in my last month of my life this day stands out because I saw this weird installation art piece that really makes that's that's really stands out in my memory as being an experience that was thought-provoking nothing to be mad at yeah absolutely and and actually so actually leads quite nice into the next question actually so do you think that just because somebody creates something they should expect to be paid for it no no definitely not um expectations are weird things um because i actually think the word expectation gets used incorrectly quite a lot because what is an expectation really an expectation is probably based on experience of what you've actually had happen to you in the past right like tr truly a tr truly an expectation is quite a mundane thing because it's like um what do i expect if i go to the shop and i pick up a chocolate bar walk to the checkout i expect the person at the checkout to scan it and say that's 50p please and then for me to pay and walk out anything exciting is something which is outside of the realm of expectation because that is by definition, that's why it's kind of exciting or provocative. Like if that person at the checkout picks the chocolate bar up and then just threw it across the room, I'd be like, fucking hell, I didn't expect that. You know? So when it comes to <laughs> people who make work, um, if they expect anything other than what has all, all always previously happened when they make work, then that then that's just abnormal like that's not a normal way to think because your expectations are based on your previous experiences but they they may have a sense of entitlement that some they even if they deep in their heart they might not want to listen to what their heart is telling them but they may know that people are not going to do anything different to what they have done previously so they make if they make work and they they didn't get paid for it in the past, then there's, they should probably expect that they won't get paid for it in the present, because why would it be different to the past? Hmm. But, but that doesn't mean that it may not happen. It's just, it's just your work is worth what people are willing to pay for it. That's what the, that's it. That's that, that yeah, is the only value true. that it has. So uh, I'm in a weird position because I got myself into a place where I was selling work for quite a lot of money. Uh, in the past, and I know that the natural expectation would be that you're going to do what you did in the past. But I know that I know that building a name and a reputation is how you get to that point. And so, 
actually, I have to remind myself that I'm probably not going to get that. So that is one of the hardest things for me, because I'll be like, I, how do I make myself work as hard as I did before, knowing that there isn't like a, an accolade at the end of it that, that there used to be? Like, I, you know, um, and that's just my own little mental kind of um, one of the challenges that I have to sort of like try and deal with. But yeah, like, like, but yeah. So, so I hope that answers the question. But I'd, yeah, that's it. But then again, I guess I guess like, that's a really good point. But then again, I guess the great thing about that is that you'll then also realize the reason you stepped away from that and the reason that you're doing what you're doing now is so important to you. Yeah, well, that's it. That's that's the trap. So there's there there yeah. are so many that you know there's there are so many traps that are hidden in everyday life and just you, you don't necessarily know that, it, that that trap was there and sometimes until you've been caught in it and you're like oh shit yeah, you know, here i am like yeah like i've ruined i've ruined yeah, the pleasure especially... of art for myself because i've got to pay the rent by doing this thing that i don't want to do you know for example yeah, especially like the traps, the traps of success. Like absolutely, particularly that I think because it's it's such an idolized thing, it's such an aspiring goal that people strive for. Yet when you reach it, you realize it's not quite how you thought it was going to be. And then with that comes a whole lot more pressure and a whole lot more expectation and a whole lot of just um, it, yeah, it becomes it shifts. It becomes something different. You know, it's like a mirage. You know that you can't fully reach, and when you do think you reach it, you realize it's actually not what it was when you really yeah. thought you were going to reach it. The, one of the ways that I've changed uh, yeah. um, this time around is I want to be in control of like the op- uh, as I don't want to be dependent on other people to give me opportunities or to give me approval. So yeah. that one of the ways that I'm trying to own this whole thing is to be in control of it. So I want to just be in the situation where I make my own things and sell like, so for example, prints. And I'm going to tr- get involved in other things as well. Like for example, playing cards and things like that. I'm going to make them and I'm going to, and I'm going to sell them at a price that um, means that I, it was worth me doing it, but it doesn't need to be some hyped up big thing. Um, and yeah. And it's going to be, I'm in control of it. So I can make, you know, like, for example, I can make like mm. 20 prints, sell them at a price, which means that I can go back and do another 20 prints of a different design later. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. that is all my own independent thing that I'm making. And there's no middleman. There's no hype. It's just, I make it, I sell it. And it's got an objective value. Um, and then it just needs to it just needs to pay for itself to justify its own existence. That's it. So my own my only worry would be making a series of prints and then not making enough back to just go and do another series of prints. You know what I mean? It's like that. So of course, yes. But there are ways that you can um, not get around it, but I guess also get around that. There's also yeah, there's ways you can get around that, and there's other avenues you can use to to fund that. So yeah, yeah, because I think yeah, yeah, I respect that a lot. But I think 
Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good point. I think it's a good idea. And I like the idea of you're thinking about funding, you know, your project funding itself. And like the whole idea of, yeah, it's like, yeah, I like that. I think that's great. I think that's really clever, actually. And I think that it makes a lot of sense. And I want to know when you're selling playing cards. Right, yeah, yeah, no, um, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's great. So I have probably about three okay. more questions. Oh, cool, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Okay, so. So what I always do in the written interviews I do is I always ask the interviewer if they have a question they want me to ask of the artist. And then I always ask them a question from another artist. So I've decided it for audio interviews. So firstly, do you have a question you'd like me to ask the next person I interview? Okay, yeah. And this is without knowing who you're interviewing at all. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you because I don't know who I'm interviewing. That's, I should no, do, that's but really I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right. Well, what's it going to be? Um, right, I'll write your question down with your name because I'll reference you in that interview. Which okay, is the cool. Best thing ever. Um, wow, now I've got to think really carefully about this because I want to make it count. <laughs> so I've got one question for them What's your favorite piece of work that you've ever made and why? What's your favorite piece of work I've made of wire? Okay. That's and it's, okay, so it's interesting for me because I already actually at this moment of time I do know who I'm gonna interview next. Um because last time, yeah, I know who I'm gonna interview next, cool. which is interesting. Um piece of, of work you created and why. And why the sacred monolith, which is perfect. And also what what I like about it personally. And you'll find that out in a second when I tell you the question from whoever it is, is that I always like to reference who asked it so that, you know, people find out about you maybe if they're listening to the next interview and they don't listen to your interview. You know, I like that. I think it's cool. Um, I think it's cool just to ask people. What, I like say I'm always interested in what artists want to know about other artists because I feel like a lot of artists yeah, listen yeah. to this. That's cool. So I'm always interested to know what people yeah. want to know. And if there is any, and in the future, if there's any of the questions you want me to ask them yeah. or you're curious about, Send me a message and I'll ask people. I'm always yeah. open to, to taking suggestions well, I know questions from people. Yeah, because sorry, all yeah, these questions, yeah, yeah. yeah. But see, all the questions I create are just stuff that I'm curious yeah, about. Exactly, to know. exactly. Well, for so, me, that's like it's quite a basic question that I'm asking. But the reason why I ask it is because actually I think that's one of the nicest things to be asked as, as an artist, because you actually take a moment to think about, you know, what is your best achieve what you feel is your your best achievement and when you when you when you yeah. take a moment to think about that as an artist you you feel really really good about yourself basically absolutely that's a good idea i really want to ask that question now <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, do, do you want, want to answer it? um so yeah, do you want to answer as it? a sacred monolith uh, um thing it's the uh, snake and the apples, I think. But it's also yeah. hard to pick because there are a couple of other ones that I really, really love. Like I've really enjoyed a couple of the pieces that I've made. So one of them was the um, the I called I called it ripples. It was like a skull that's sort of dripping into ripples of water. <laughs> And it's like complete. Yeah, it's what I was going to choose for your. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I, <laughs> yeah it was. It I was. Really I might change one. now. <laughs> I really, really love that one. 
so okay. much. Um, okay. But then also there's the kind of blue sort of dripping, almost looks a bit like an alien skull or something, sort of dripping with like a green background. And I made that, like when you see my Instagram, you'll see that I made it into one of those ones that I sort of collaged into like a big piece. You know, when you can like put posts together on Instagram, right? Um, and, yeah. the, and the reason why is because I feel like that was the moment I found my um, aesthetic for the Sacred Monolith brand. Like, that's like, it's not the best piece, but it's like, that's the eureka moment for me. I was like, yeah, that's that's the yeah, look that I'm going for. It's a defining yeah. moment. So for, yeah. for, for me, in a way, I love that one because it's like, it's like that that is sort of summing up what I'm trying to do. And um, going going back over my entire life and the pieces I've done, like there are a couple of, of really, really large like pen drawings that are like undeniably like my best work that they had. Uh, and then there, it's always been the case that the things that have been like the most successful or made me the most money or been the most popular are ones that I don't like that much or I'm not that excited by, you know, um, and that's the way that, that's just the way it is. Um, and that's probably the way it's going to be with the sacred monolith thing. Like the, the most popular piece that I've done of sacred monolith is for sure. It's like this, uh, I, I, there are quite a few pieces that I just call alien life. Like I just use the same name every time I just go alien <laughs> life. And, um, this, this one is like a kind of, I guess it's like a deep, deep, deep in the darkest ocean. And it's kind of like a, a, a kind of weird stony looking, green stony looking skull with the brain like glowing from inside. And then it's got this like jellyfish body. And I really, really feel like I executed the piece like really well. It's probably the, the, the most well executed piece in my sacred monolith portfolio of work um but it's not my favorite it's the most popular piece it's not my favorite piece you know what actually you're right it's actually really interesting to hear artists talk about their own work and their relationship to their own work that's actually you're well right actually i think i'm going to think about that more for the next person interview um yeah i actually agree with you yeah actually yeah that's really interesting actually cool. i'm glad you said that yeah, I'm very good at that. I'm going <laughs> to now be around what I ask people now. <laughs> I'm going to add more questions to the long list. They're like, damn it, I'm going to be here for like seven hours every time. Um, no, no, that's cool. That's cool. I appreciate saying that. I think it's actually cool. a really good point. Just the way you spoke about your work. Like, that's really cool. Like, yeah, that makes me excited to go back and see that image now. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's super cool. I'm going to do that as soon as we finish. <laughs> cool. Um, that's cool. So, so the question I have for you, and it's funny for me because this is going to be out of sequence to how I post. So when I, what I normally do is I normally post the interviews as I record them so that the, I've already got the order set mm -hmm. from when I record them. But due to circumstances and opportunities that came up that I was expecting, it's kind of out of sync. So the person I'm going to talk to you that's asked you this question, that interview is not going to come out for like probably another month or so, or maybe mm -hmm. another two weeks depending if I change the order. But so... The question for you is from an oil painter called Mark Thompson, who creates like interesting mm -hmm. landscapes. Um, and his question is, what makes you keep coming back question. to art? 
Um, I think that it might almost be an unhealthy, kind of stubborn thing where I'm just constantly back doing the same thing, like feeling unsatisfied. I actually think it is kind of unhealthy. It's actually a bit of an unhealthy thing. Um, it's like imagine you're playing a video game and you you can't like complete it and you can't beat the last boss in the game and then you play that game forever because you can't just put it down and you've invested time in it into it so so there's a point where it's really unhealthy because it's like okay well what are you going to do when you actually complete the game you're just going to be like fuck i've just spent three weeks doing that like that was just such a look like it's kind of like that but on a grand scale like I am constantly, I suppose, unsatisfied and just working away at some kind of I- idea that I haven't managed to um, realise. And I just don't know if I'll ever get there or I don't even know what I'm trying to get to. And it's just like it's self-imposed, kind of like stressful, kind of like thing that I'm clambering towards and um, that is why I keep coming back it's like ah I'm still not there yet like I haven't done what I wanted to do (laughs) that's it yeah like absolutely and and it's it's something I've said before on a few interviews and I'm going to say again because I think it's it's something that I've I've thought about and I heard it from somewhere but I can't remember where I heard it from and it's this idea that that what we're trying to chase as creators is creating the best piece of work whilst also knowing that once we create the best piece of work, we won't have to create anything else. So we deliberately sabotage ourselves every single time we create a piece of work so that we don't wow. stop creating. That's super interesting. That is amazing. See, stuff like that is like mind-blowing to me. That is mind-blowing to me because that <laughs> is the kind of stuff that I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like the, it's like a Rubik's Cube in my head. I'm trying to, get it into the right yeah. position and be like bam now i'm done like that is probably something that will like affect the way i think forever you just saying that to me it's like okay cool that's gonna be in my head that's you that's a huge thing for me. um and you know maybe Good. maybe i am doing that to myself you know but maybe i need to just yeah because i guess yeah, because I guess as artists, it's like once you've created your best piece of work, what's left? There's nothing left. So, and you don't want to That's not true. create anything. That's true. I mean, I guess there's like a, a plateau that we're, we're all potentially capable of, of, of reaching a plateau where we're kind of like, okay, we can't do better than this, and this is where we are, and that's where we're going to be, and you just sort of stay at that peak. But that's where I think um, thinking outside the box, uh, which is like such a cliche term, but thinking outside the box is like really, really important and making things. So, uh, you know, Stephen Merchant, the guy that co-wrote The Office. Uh, yes. I love Stephen Merchant, by the way. Like, I really, really like him. He, I saw him in an interview and they asked him about, you know, what it was like trying to create stuff after The Office and like where he was coming from with it because he's kind of managed to create he, he it may be considered that was the greatest thing he's done but he's created loads of stuff on a, that's on a par with it 
for years since consistently, um, arguably. And um, he said that he likes to try to do something completely different. That rather rather than trying to better what he's done previously or try to try to compare it, is just make something completely different that can sit by its side. And that's a really really good way of thinking about things. So yeah. it's like, you know, okay, cool, yeah. I've done a really like it's hypothetical, like to say, okay, cool, I've done a really good painting. I'm really proud of it. It's an acrylic painting uh, on a canvas. Love it. Okay, cool. Now maybe I'm just going to go and do a series of t-shirts. Like, like, okay, we've done some t-shirts now. Maybe what am I going to do next? And then, what about if I get uh, some wood and like carve something? You know, now, once I've done that, maybe I'll just go see if I can sort of get into, involved in tattooing. Uh, when that's done, like what's next? I don't know. Maybe I'll just, like paint a mural on a wall somewhere. You know, or I'll stop doing some stencils. It's like that is my mentality. That is what i use as my way of like trying to diffuse the fear of like doing my best thing and peaking and being like stuck there so it's like okay cool if i did my best digital if i feel like i just nailed digital painting i wish i haven't you know like there's so much that can be done but like, let's say that i did like and i was like oh cool i feel like i've mastered this then it's just time for me to put the iPad down and go and get some other material, you know, just something totally different, completely unrelated, you know, maybe I'll buy leather jackets and paint on the back of them with some, like, you know, I don't know. I really want to see that happen. Like, I really want to see that happen. That would be so good. That would be pretty fucking cool. That would be so good. Like, that would be so good. Like, even if, and then the cool thing about that is that, like, I mean, I, I, the, for me, the cool thing about that is that then I, I would think, where would that go? That could go just in so mm. many different directions. And so many different things could happen just from that mm. one different idea. Because, um, you know, then, you know, it becomes like you can collaborate with the fashion designer and create like, you know, I know you probably want to, but like create like a whole brand of clothes if you wanted to. Or, yeah, no, I would definitely, I would definitely so do that. Happen. I think it's really cool. Um, it's just really interesting, this idea of commodity and art and, and how we can it's not just about painting and it's not just about the art industry itself it can feed into mm. other areas of creativity you know the areas of of just everyday life you know even like buildings and you know like graffiti yeah. on buildings yeah, are yeah. amazing because it's i totally you know, i totally agree i totally agree i, I agree with every every single thing you've said um I'm, I'm i'm all for it personally i'm all for it i definitely would um you know I definitely would branch out into as many different creative areas. It's just if it's if it's exciting, I'll do it. You know. Yeah, if you're excited and you're and you're engaged with it yourself and you feel like it's something you want to do, I think for sure. I think as soon as you do it because you're chasing money or you do it because you think it's going to be a success, I think that's when it will fail. Because I think at the end of the day, your passion for doing it isn't isn't in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have okay. one of the two questions okay. for you. Okay. Uh, the last two questions. They're both double okay. barrel questions. So, brace yourself. Um, <laughs> so, the first one is what makes a good image? And what was the last image or piece of media that you saw mm, that left in the impression? What makes a good image? For me, there is no, there's no rule of thumb for what makes a good image. 
um, there are loads and loads of different dimensions to what you know what, what might work for me so it might be that you, you might see that someone's done a photorealistic pencil drawing and it might be really satisfying you know to see and it's good at being what it is then you might see that somebody's done a um, abstract expressionist painting and it's like super dynamic or like the colors just fill you with calm and you know they 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 change the space of the room so much that it's just so amazingly satisfying to have it up on the wall you know i would be way way more keen to have like say like a rothko painting on the wall than i would to have like um i don't know some work that is very figurative or really very literal or, or very technical because that's everything has its own function so people when they talk about images or they talk about paintings or they talk about drawings they forget that that's just massively massively broad and it's like the difference between talking about a spoon or talking about cutlery right like cutlery is a lot of different tools and you're going to use the one you need when you need it so if you're trying to use a spoon to like cut some meat you know it's not going to work for you so it's just like you need to use the right tool and when it comes to images every image is a different type of image that's trying to do a different type of thing. So an unsuccessful image for me would be one that declares itself to be trying to do something which it then fails at doing. That's an unsuccessful image. So if somebody, for example, um, not even with what they say about the work when they caption it or when they talk about it or when they comment on it or title it, but just the work itself, if the work is declaring itself to be an attempt at photorealism, right? But it doesn't actually look photorealistic, then it's an unsuccessful image. But if it's so bad that it becomes funny, that it's like charming, like, uh, you know, the film Napoleon Dynamite, like the drawings in that yeah. film, then it becomes good even though the artist didn't want that to be the result and you would hope that that wouldn't hurt the artist's feelings like if it did then maybe you just sort of like just then consider it to be a wholly negative thing so i think that like an artist can let go of like don't try and control the way that people perceive your work or the way that they they the audience kind of like takes it in because you know you can't control that you you go out of your way to make what you're making and then if it's appreciated by people in some way shape or form then that's a success um that's that's rule number one and then the next thing after that is like okay 
when work is when a piece of work is clearly trying to be something then it needs to succeed at what it's trying to be so if i'm like there's a, obviously a particular type of thing that i'm making at this point in time with the sacred monolith like exactly what that is hasn't been declared it's not like something so concise but there is there are certain themes and there are certain things that are going on and so that puts in the mind of the viewer a certain expectation and if i was to make something that looked like it was trying to be the next piece sacred monolith piece but it was falling short then it would be you know it would, it would be a failure and maybe it will fall short by maybe i'll do like a snake serpent design but the serpent is like the proportions are wrong or the colors are bland or like something about it is just not working and it's it would just it would it would fail but it wouldn't fail if i was making it in the context of being like a naive artist or something like someone who makes things which are disproportionate because that's what i do and it's not trying to look realistic anyway you know so it's just it's just like super 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 nuanced like saying what is good what isn't good and you have to take each thing as an individual on you know on a case-by-case -case basis and judge it on its individual merits and um you can also get it wrong because you might just not be seeing something that the artist is the artist might have done something amazing you might just not, not be seeing it you know and then you come back later and then you see it there are loads of things i can think of where i saw it and i was like i remember when i was in college like one of my friends was like i showed this thing to you three months ago and you said that's absolutely shit and i was like did i <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> because i'm here now showing it to them going have you seen this and they're like i showed this to you you said it was the shittiest thing ever i was like was i that rude like yeah you were like this is so unbelievably shit i was like i don't know what's happened in the last three months but well, i'm looking at this now and i'm like saying to you this is amazing so that's it like that's it's, <laughs> it's so like nuanced and so everyone's got their own take and everyone's got their own things that they look at and there's no absolutely you know, there's no rule of thumb that's it absolutely what was the last image or piece of media there's a clip on youtube called the nihilistic penguin <laughs> and okay. it's a clip from it's a clip from the Werner herzog documentary and i've probably watched it like 10 times and i've shown it to probably about five different people because that's how much i love it and that clip in isolation is right. is a an absolutely successful piece of content for me like in every single way yeah that's great that's that's awesome thank you very much cool. i'm definitely gonna show that out that's awesome so the final question which is another cool. dual barrel question is um what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you what am i currently own? working on i've got yeah so many things going on like the so the the way in which i'm able to make work at the rate that i do so i like all, honestly 
pretty much all that stuff that you see on my Instagram is like since December. There's there's lo loads of work there, apart from a couple of things that I did, like the animation of the flower, which was like where I started off at the beginning of lockdown. Um, pretty much other than that, it's just all, I've been really, really, really productive. And the, the way in which I've managed to, to, to pull that off is by having loads of different things on the go at the same time. And they're all of a different nature. So whatever mood I'm in, there's something I can pick up. So I've got like a really, really, really intensely detailed, uh, realistic digital painting of a incredible building in Oxford that I um, wanted to paint that I've been working on forever. Like it's so much work. And I'm planning to put that into, when, when, I, plan to, when I finish it, because it's just in itself, it's like an accomplishment. I'll share it, but then I, I guess, but it's kind of quite like different to anything else that I've done. But I'm doing it to use it in a kind of surrealist kind of piece. I wanted to do a bit more surrealism. And so I'm like really inspired by the videos by this band called Tool. And I don't know if you've seen their videos before. They are all animations. They're all stop motion animation and they're all absolutely incredible. And this particular video really, there's a particular video that really inspires me, but it's like, anyway, it's just, it's just imprinted a kind of vision in my mind of how I wanted to use this building and this surrealist landscape and have these figures around this building. Uh, it, it will make sense when I do it, but basically I wanted the, buildings be almost completely inaccessible, like it's floating on some kind of rock in the clouds. And it's just got this like very, very, very long and flimsy like ladder that maybe like a rope ladder that is the only way to get to it. And there's like one person who's accessing this building. And then there are these old figures that are like these figures from this tall video that are kind of surrounding the building looking down so that's the sur surrealist thing that i'm working on i've got an, this is an idea that i've had and i've been working on in the background forever i've been working on a U ufo crash site landscape painting yeah oh, wow. so that's something yeah that's something i've been that working on cool. um that is part of a general theme that I'm working like there are certain themes that are just kind of ongoing in my work at all times so there's yeah so so UFO crash site is exactly along the lines of the sort of themes that I want to keep going through my work I want it to feel like fairly realistic and relatable in terms of like everyday life um surroundings but with these crazy things in the middle of it so that's you know my my modest start at doing those things was where like phone boxes and had skeletons around them um but yeah this is hopefully taking it to another level i've got 
like two paintings on the go, like acrylic paintings. Um, I've got wood panels, planning to paint them. By the time this is out, the wood panels will all be done. I'll probably put them up for sale. So I've got. Oh, yeah. I said, by the time this is out, there's just always like there are just absolutely loads of things going on at the same time um i i made a, a deal with a brand to to bring in some money like um uh, doing some designs for them um which i'm probably going to start doing soon um yeah so there's just like there's just loads of stuff going on um, it's hard to um, like. I couldn't even tell you which things will get done first. <laughs> There's just yeah, just yeah, yeah, based on intuition and based on what how you feel in that moment in time and what feels. Right. Yeah, I'll pick up the um, I'll pick up the like. Let's say I pick up the iPads to do to carry on with one of these, and then by the end of that session, I will have done. Uh, an ink drawing on some paper somewhere. <laughs> it's just I just will not yeah, in any way do the thing that I thought I would do. So yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And finally, uh, where can people find more about you and your work? Yeah, so uh sacredmonolith.com. Uh that's my website. And I do have other social media stuff set up but i just don't use it really not yet um so so instagram yeah. uh what is it like instagram.com forward slash sacred monolith that's my instagram and that is if you are interested in like being there for like the the most regular updates and feeds of my work that's the best place because i will be there all the time uh inspired by people crap and the way that his instagram was like yeah. genuinely really 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 cool and interesting to follow uh and it made me think that actually you know what social media can be pretty cool at times um i thought to myself yeah. you know what i'm going to try my best to update this like every day or every other day you know so instagram's def definitely the place if yeah. you're not worried about um if you're not worried about high having high res images and stuff like that if you you know i have deviant art i've got uh behance um those sorts of things but they don't get updated as much yeah, you know? yeah and there are things that i will share on instagram that i might not think are like the premium best pieces of work that I want to have on my website but they are things that in the moment felt good and I liked to to share them so when I when I go back so I go okay let me update my website let me go and see what things I've got on Instagram that I haven't got on my website and then a couple of things I'll be like I'm not going to put it on my website actually like that's not really what I want to have on there but on my Instagram, it's like very spontaneous. I do lots of stuff all the time and just sort of put it out there. So, yeah, because it's more like a diary and a, yeah. a pro, like a 
like journaling the yeah, process. Exactly. So that's definitely the best place if you're into into Instagram. That's the place to follow my work. That's that's cool. absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. You know what? Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Like honestly, thank you so much. Like it's been an absolute delight oh, thank you, to talk to you, an absolute delight. That concludes the third and final part of my conversation with Sacred Monolith. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. The Flying Fruit Bowl audio interviews can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the platform, please consider subscribing or sharing this interview with friends and family. Also, please don't forget to check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. Once again, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.